DJ PK, it is time now to talk a little college football with Brett McMurphy. He joins us. He's a college football insider for the Stadium Network, and he comes to us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Brett, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? We're doing well. We're dealing with widespread positivity as a lot of people pick the Utes to win the Pac-12 South. Some of them pick them, pick them to win the Pac-12 but, you know, when a lot of people zig, sometimes it's good to zag and see if people are getting carried away and there's kind of an echo chamber going on. When you look at the Pac-12, do you like somebody who's getting overlooked? Do you think UCLA is ready to go? Do you think USC is ready to bounce back? Do you see one of the Arizona schools or somebody taking off? No, I'm guilty. But I think I was ahead of the echo chamber because my spring uh, top 25, I had Utah, the highest-ranked Pac-12 team. And I'm sticking with it, but I agree. If when everybody jumps on the bandwagon, it usually doesn't work out. But I just think, uh, you know, as you guys are well aware, the the number of uh, injured players that they have returning bodes well for them. The schedule sets up nicely. Uh, you know, Clay Helton's coaching for his life. That the their first six games will be if if he's better than three and three, that that'll be um, quite an accomplishment. And if he's not, then he could be fired at midseason, and then I think that really gives Utah a big advantage. Um, as far as anybody else in in the uh, in the South, you know, I, I like I like what Herm Edwards is doing um, at Arizona State, but I, they may have had too many losses to really make a run at the uh, Pac-12 title. But certainly, uh, I think his style of coaching, and I know. He was mocked a lot, and, and quite frankly, people couldn't believe what he was doing and kind of some of the terminology he used when he came there. I mean, he's just basically comparing it to the NFL, which I think a lot of other coaches do the same thing. They just call what he's doing differently, and it caught people off guard. Obviously, they had a, a very good season last year, but I don't know. I think UCLA um, is still a, a ways away. I don't think they have the talent there, and um, – you know, obviously Chip Kelly's one of the best coaches um, that's been in the Pac-12. I just don't don't think they're ready to rise up and win the South there. So is BYU going to be scheduling a long-term series with UConn because the Huskies are going independent in football? <laughs> um, <clears throat> who knows at this point? I mean, I think, you know, the people that I talk to um, – my sources with with the various schools at the American told me that if if they do decide to replace UConn, and that's a big if they don't they don't know that yet, but certainly Army and BYU are the top two candidates. That's there's no question about that. Um, now the the other flip side is it takes two to tango. There is some question if Army and or BYU would even have any interest in joining the American. I've, I've talked to some folks tied with Army, and I kind of get it's kind of a 50-50 coin flip right now. Um, certainly no decision has to be made. There's been no offer. They may not even get invited, that sort of thing. So um, I really don't know which way they would go. As far as BYU, I don't have any idea if they would want to do that. Maybe, I don't know if BYU's put out any kind of statement. I, I doubt if they have, but um, I don't know if, if they would have any interest, I mean, obviously they've got to deal with ESPN. Um, that's getting ready to expire, and all indications are they'll renew that thing. But 
the not the funny thing, but one thing to consider with the American is if BYU did go to the American, they would make more money in media rights deals than they are currently with ESPN. So that would be a positive. Uh, a negative would be travel would increase because you're heading east every conference game. Um, obviously, it makes life a lot easier for Tom Homo as far as scheduling because now you're finding four games instead of 12. And so that obviously would be a lot easier. So, um, you know, I don't know. I think I think long term of BYU and Army, I think BYU would be the better fit. Uh, I think they bring a national brand to the American. Um, they also, once someone told me, they, they also give the American a, a Mountain West time zone um, TV window that they've never had, which is key because now you can have games you know, you can stack your games, uh, a triple header or whatever, one after the other. Um, and BYU would obviously play in that late slot as much as possible. But I do know I was told the last time, you know, the American and BYU kind of did this song and dance that it, it got fairly close. But at the end, BYU wanted more, um, more revenue from the TV deal or media rights deal than the other conference members. And basically that's when the American balked and said, no, everyone's going to get the same amount. So would that change now going forward? I don't have any idea. Certainly no decisions are going to be made tomorrow, the next week, even probably the next nine months. But that would be another consideration. But ultimately, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. It's more preference. And, you know, I don't, for BYU, they may be happy with, with independence. I do know, you know, if all things being equal, uh, if you said, what would you do, stay independent or go to the American, and there was an offer there, I would absolutely go to the American, and for this reason and this reason only. If you go 10-2, and 11-2, and two, and you win the American, you can go play in the Cotton Bowl, the Peach Bowl, or the Fiesta Bowl. If you go 11-2, and two, excuse me, if you go 10-2 and two as an independent, you're not going to go to those bowl games. You're going to go to the Armed Forces Bowl or you're going to go to the Hawaii Bowl or you're going to go to the Boca Raton Bowl because you are not a conference champion. So that's one huge advantage. And I, I would think as far as coach, for coaching, if you're a coach and you know you don't have to run the table, you don't have to go 12-0 and to have a shot at one of these New Year's Six games, um, and you have, the conf- you have the carrot at the end of the stick and that's a conference title, um, certainly, you know, the American has benefited from that uh, with Houston and UCF playing, you know, power five teams in these in these big uh, in these big caliber bowl games. And they've won more, uh, more of those than they've lost. Brett McMurphy joining us, college football insider for the Stadium Network. Uh, you know, people have thrown a lot of scenarios out there. One of them I heard was that Army would come in for football, but they'd bring Wichita State in for basketball and everything else. That that was one thing they were looking at. So when we talk about BYU, would you think BYU in every sport, or would you think a school like Wichita State that's got a basketball rep and then BYU in football only to balance it out of 12 teams? Well, Wichita State's already in. Um, they already are, they are a basketball-only member. They're all sports other than football. So Wichita State's already part of the American. I think one, one scenario I think maybe as you're referring to is bringing in like somebody like VCU to replace UConn on the basketball side to keep them at, keep them at 12. 
Um, no, I think for BYU, I think it would be football only. Um, I, I don't. It doesn't make sense, and I've talked to many athletic directors, not specifically about BYU, but just about other conference realignment. And they said it makes no sense to put my my women's volleyball team on a plane and fly them, you know, halfway across the country to play a conference game. So yeah, I would say BYU football only makes a ton of sense. I don't think the Americans looking for a all sports member to replace UConn because there's nobody, quite frankly, out there that they would want, um, and because of geography, I don't think that works for BYU or the American. Because the American doesn't want, you know, they don't want to ship, uh, you know, East Carolina's cross-country team out to BYU, um, which makes a lot of sense. So I think it would be football only. Um, you know, again, the American has to decide if they want to go to 12 or not. One source I, I talked to, which you guys can appreciate this, said, you know, ironically, we may end up doing what the Big 12 did when they talked about that expansion and just decided to stay at 11 and not add anybody. So it's kind of funny how those things work out when everybody in the American was belly aching that the Big 12 didn't add anybody when now the American has a chance to do the same thing and they may they may just decide to stay at 11. But we'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to see what transpires over the next several months. This is getting way ahead of ourselves, but UConn in the football conference portion of it competes in the East, and obviously BYU would be in the West. BYU has already had a relationship with uh, what uh, Tulsa and SMU. I don't know if you remember when they had that bloated whack way back when, 20 years ago or so. So they went, I remember working for the newspaper here in town, the Tribune, and going to these places to cover sporting events. So if this were to come to pass, and as I say, we're getting ahead of ourselves, would they have to realign, make sure that the Cougars were in the West and not the East? Oh, yes, certainly they're going to... You know, shuffle the deck, do whatever they need to do. They're not just going to say, "Oh, we got to put BYU on the East because they're replacing UConn." No, they would absolutely do that. And if they do decide to stay at eleven, there's, um, you know, I think Mike Oresco, whether they're at eleven or twelve, has said in the past that he wants the top two teams from his league to play in a conference title game, like the Big Twelve does. Um, he thinks that gives their, their league a better shot to get into the, that New Year's Six game. Um, so yeah, so if BYU did come on board, yes, yeah, certainly they're not they're not going to put BYU in the East, but who they would uh, move around for that is is yet to be known. But no, they're not going to they're not that hell bent where okay, whoever comes in is going to have to take UConn's spot in the East. Are there conferences that are unhappy with the way things are going right now, or is there so much money flowing into college sports that even though we're anticipating another wave of realignment in five years? that it won't be as intense as the last one when I don't even know how many teams moved, 10, 12 teams moved in power leagues alone. Um, it was just kind of rampant. Is there enough money now that there'll be more stability? Um, you know what? I, I think the Power Five conferences are very happy. They're making anywhere from 30 to $50 million per school per year. But when then when you look at the non-Power Five schools, the American just signed a new deal with ESPN. Their conference members will make $7 million a year and that's the most of the non-power schools so seven million or 50 million so when you're saying they're all happy i don't i wouldn't agree i'd say the power schools are happy they love it uh the, the group of five or non-power power leagues um you know they're struggling you know the conference usa the mac mountain west sunbelt you know they're somewhere between 
gosh, I don't know, a million to, to five million a year in revenue um, per per school, um, and and that's what I think we've talked about before, and that's what I I really hate about college athletics is that you know at some point when the, the, these group of five schools and conferences are trying to keep up with the Joneses, if you will trying to keep up with the power five schools and conferences and what they're providing to their student athletes and all these, whether it's experiences on campus or lifetime medical help or whatever it is that comes up the next new thing, a new water slide in the, in the, (laughs) you know, in the locker room or the waterfalls or whatever. The group of fives always done a great job of saying, you know what, we're going to provide the same opportunities for our student athletes, which is tremendous. But there's a big difference. You're making 10 times less than what this other school is that you're trying to keep up with. And at some point, all these bills are going to come due. And you're not going to all of a sudden people are going to TV's not going to all of a sudden say, you know what, uh, you know, group of five conference, pick anyone you want. We only paid you five million last year. We're going to pay you 25 million this year. That that ain't happening. So that's why these teams want to get into a power five conference so badly because they know it's the difference between survival and quite frankly being on the titanic and i did a in a radio interview um with the yukon station yesterday and they're like why, why you know yukon went to the fiesta ball in 2011 since then they've had eight consecutive losing seasons they've won three or fewer games in five of the last six years and they're like basketball team three consecutive losing seasons in yukon men's basketball that's unheard of like why do you think yukon has not succeeded and i said i don't know if it's fair but i think the real reason is very simple that that day a few years ago when the acc announced it was picking louisville over yukon louisville got on the last life ride you know off to the power five and yukon got left behind and look at the difference in the two programs right now um and i just hope that that's not a sign of things to come for the other non-power league so then why, in the future. why would UConn want to leave and make this move then? What's in it for them? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. The, the people, I, the sources I talked to UConn stress that they're not going to drop out of FBS. They, they, will, they are not going to drop to FCS. They're not going to drop football. Industry sources I talked to that have no affiliation with school says, tell me hogwash. That's why you make this move. You're going to drop to FCS. So basically UConn has done probably what, probably about half of the group of five schools should do, and that they realize that we cannot compete financially with these other schools. And so we're just going to wave a white flag, and we can go back to the Big East. That's huge for our men's and women's basketball programs. They're one of the rare schools where those are actually revenue-generating sports, big time for UConn. So now they get to play Georgetown, Villanova, St. John's, instead of playing East Carolina, Tulane, and all those folks. So that's great for those sports. And they've basically admitted that they cannot compete in football at the highest level. And so they, again, they say they're not, we'll take them at their word for now. But I just think down the road, we'll see UConn drop to FCS. And the Big East doesn't sponsor football, but there are some Big East schools that have FCS programs. I think Villanova, Georgetown might have an FCS football program. So I think that's why they're doing it. They, They couldn't survive they, they weren't successful. They were 1-11 last year, the worst record in school history. They, they gave up more points than any team in college football history, I think, the year before that. Um, so, so that's why they did it. Um, I think it was just financially they, 
and competitively, they finally realized we can't compete, but we can spin it this way that we're going back to the Big East, which is big for them, make no question about it. But it's also a rare circumstance because they are one of a handful of schools across the country that you, that basketball is a much more important and profitable sport than football. Brett, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. You got it.